Hey everyone, welcome to episode 183, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And due to a complete misunderstanding and scheduling snafu by yours truly, it's just episode 183 with Randy. But welcome back to your post-Thanksgiving routine and congratulations for surviving week one of six in the how many minutes do I have to work out to get rid of the calories I just ate? Yikes! The struggle can be real in too many phases of the holidays life, but maybe keeping our closing thoughts from last week's podcast and Andy's message from the past week on the three G's will help. He closed with, the truth is we, the entire human family, are God's children. And as a way of saying thank you for all God has done for you to be generous with all your sisters and brothers in our God's human family. If you missed any of the previous messages or podcast episodes along the way, including last week's, which I would highly encourage you not to miss, well, maybe it was just me, but you can find that series of messages and more at hospitalchurch.org. And on your mobile devices, you can listen to the podcast with Apple and Google Podcasts and streaming on Spotify, as always. All right, on to this week, Unwrapping Joy, the prequel. In the outline paragraph for the message, it said, Love is relational, and God has always existed in the relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The God of all abundance invites humanity to share in Trinity life. This amazing, generous, selfless, open plan is where the story of Christmas joy begins. And I really wasn't sure where Andy was going with this. And in his opening, he described the annual temptation to be just a little dismissive about it all, referring to, of course, the Christmas story. And it's so easy for us to be engaged when everything is new and waiting to be discovered, things we don't know about, things we can't be sure about, like a neatly wrapped package under the tree that has our name on it. We shake it, what's inside, our minds are continually trying to figure it out and to guess what it might be. It reminds me of our My, My, My series earlier this year. The focus tends to go inward on us. And I'm just curious. I mean, how do you find something new in this old story? Because I started to think about myself and how I look at Christmas. And I'll I'll be honest, and I think I have been every year when we come to this time of year. I'm a little bit of a bah humbug kind of person. Eh, the commercialism, the, you know, Christmas decorations are up at Home Depot and Lowe's in October. It's not even not even Thanksgiving yet. And they've got these early decorations up. People are putting their lights on their houses. People are listening to Christmas music. And it just really, ah, I don't know, it just bah humbugs the living business out of me for some reason. Anyway, I really stopped to think about how long it's been since I have stopped to think about something new in relation to this story. I mean, we've read the story. We read it every Christmas. We read a lot of these stories, even during the year. If you read through the Gospels, you're reading through this part of the Bible that deals with Christ's life and his birth. And it just kind of all jumbles together. It's like another Bible story. So I like the fact that Andy brought this out, that we need to find something new and we need to find something that we can hold on to, to not lose the wonderment of this story and just how important it is to everything else we believe as Christians. One of the ways this year that I'm now going to think about something new when it comes to this was Andy pointed out that the angel's message that Christ's birth was good news for everyone and not just God's chosen people. 
Again, it's not like that I didn't know this already, and it's not that I don't realize I'm selfish and I want good things for myself, but God chose Israel, and he chooses everyone, not based on merit or any good we've done or they've done or anyone else has done. This is so against everything our society practices and promotes, and you just got to watch the TV to see the ads for Christmas and all of the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And I think to myself, how do we get this so twisted so easily from everyone and twisting it so that it doesn't include everybody else? It just includes me and probably some other people who maybe go to church with me. Maybe they're included or people that I like. Maybe they get included. So I'm going to start looking at this specifically this year through the rest of the holiday season with just reminding myself that this is for everyone, even the people that we may, you know, just not feel a bond with or people that we may not like or the people that we think might be so much different than us. It couldn't possibly be for them, but that it is absolutely everyone. And as I've been ruminating on that already over the last couple of days, it started to change my perception of how I'm looking at Christmas and I'm really liking what it's doing. And so it might be something you want to think about as well. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I'm going to do that and I'm going to look at it this way, how do I best show this reality of, hey, this good news that came about over 2000 years ago and is still true today? How do I show this reality during a month that just tends to bring out the worst in all of us? I don't think there's too many people that make it through the holidays and the Christmas season and just go, man, that was great. That was relaxing. That was whatever. This season just tends to bring out a lot of challenges in us. How do we show, how do we live like we truly believe that this good news is still true today as it was back then? And it's the best news that you could ever hear and living our lives in a way that shows that. So that's something I'm going to be thinking about, and I'm glad that Andy, in his message, started to bring up all these questions that just started this conversation with myself going in my mind. Am I the only one that has conversations? And if I am, please don't say that. Just let me think that you all are with me on this one, okay? The other part of Andy's message that really has me thinking this week is the discussion about the Trinity, because to me, conversations about the Trinity are always engaging. But what starts is genuine curiosity to understand more, or maybe I'd like to gain a new perspective, usually winds up making my head hurt a little bit with all of the unanswered questions that I just frankly don't feel like can be answered and all the possibilities that could be, but we're just not sure. And of course, Andy didn't disappoint as he made the case for this Christmas Joy prequel. He said, so here's the dumbfounding, the amazing, astounding part of the Christmas Joy prequel. From all eternity, the Trinity knew. There was the understanding that creating Lucifer would mean there would be a Satan. It was no secret to the Trinity that the joy to shared Trinity life, to arrive at the shared great dance of passion and life and fellowship with creatures made in their very image, that the journey was a long and painful one. Now here again, this is something that I hadn't really considered in this context necessarily that they knew since they've always been, they always will be. They're not constrained by time that we understand. But it just seems so counterintuitive to everything that we can understand about them, that even after all this, this is what they chose. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking dictators, maybe evil regimes of the world, 
maybe only people like that would create something that had the potential to endure a long and painful journey that people would have to endure. Like God wouldn't do this, right? But then it becomes something beautiful when you consider that all this earth and humans have known, the good, the bad, the ugly, has been so that the Trinity could have a chance to hang out with us for eternity. That just kind of blows your mind if you just give it a half a chance to do so. And the question I came away with, what does that value on relationships that the Trinity has and what they've shown us, that being together with everyone, what does that tell us about how we should be doing ministry, how we should be doing life as individuals and as a church community and as just the community and the body of Christ sharing the good news of the gospel, the good news of Christ's birth, the good news of what a life in Jesus looks like. I mean, when someone looks at me, is that what they're getting from me as a Christian? All these things are now running through my head as I'm going through this Christmas season with this message in mind. And what am I portraying? What does my life, what do my actions, what does my demeanor, what does it say about who Christ is in me? And sometimes I guess I'm okay with what it might show and there's other times I'm not. So thank goodness God's not done with me yet. All right, this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked the question, how different is God's love of knowing all the pain to come, but still valuing the relationship enough to go through with it? I mean, this is a takeaway for eternity. Let's be honest here. Contemplating God's love and the decision to create something that would cause and endure so much pain and destruction. I mean, look around us each day and look back through history at the brutality of humanity, all of which God saw looking forward, but valuing relationships with us Above all that, I mean, I don't even know what you do with that. It's just something that you continue to ponder and probably not a great answer for it necessarily. Maybe there is. An eternity to understand is likely going to be required in full. Maybe not even then. But what do you think? If there is something that you see about God's love and maybe some insight into this, I would love, 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 love to hear it. So reach out, voicemail, text 407-965-1607 as always, or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. All right. Our final thoughts this week are from the ending of Andy's message. And he said, God's love is so big, so great that before any of this world came to be in the prequel, God knew all that would come, all the hurt and pain and misery. But because he chooses to be with us and wants us to be with him, he started the story that ends in joy. And maybe the last three words there, ends in joy, is what we need to be reminded of each and every day, that no matter what we're going through, holidays can be an extremely, extremely tough time for people situations, family, friends, lack of, I mean, a million reasons, but that the story ends in joy. Mm, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Upcoming this week, well, I don't remember what we are unwrapping. Let's go to the email and let's find out what is happening this week. And this week is unwrapping joy, a whole life. And I'm thinking it has to deal with service. So that's a pretty much a recurring theme here at the hospital church. And just a reminder that because 
of our meet worship serve that will be happening this week. There will be no 930 a.m. service and no Sabbath school classes this week. So don't forget that it's going to be a time to go out and serve. If you have not signed up for meet worship serve, you can go to the hospital church app and there you will find a list of all the places that you can volunteer to serve this week. It's in the FHC mobile app or you can go to hospitalchurch.org slash mw. WS for Meet Worship Serve, and a list of all the volunteer opportunities will be there and the spaces that are yet to be filled that need your assistance. You can find those all there. All right, that's going to do it for this week. And don't forget to send me your thankful list, your thankful story, your thankful Bible text, or words of encouragement for someone who may not be finding that thankful vibe in their lives that they were hoping for this year. Do it by December 21st, and I will include them in that week's podcast. Our enough responses will dedicate an entire episode of just hospital church members being thankful. I know that each one of us has at least one thing that we're thankful for this year. If we are alive and breathing, that's one. But even past that, we all have something or some things that we're thankful for. And sometimes it helps to hear that other people are thankful for the same things, maybe different things that we haven't thought about. And then we go, oh, yeah, I'm definitely thankful for that. I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't been feeling thankful for that. But thanks for bringing that up, because now I feel a little bit better that, hey, I thought I was a little bit low in the thankful category this year. I'm feeling a little bit better about how my year is going, and it lifts us all up. So if you have something that you're thankful for, 407-965-1607, text or voicemail. There are no contacts associated with that number, so I'll have no idea who you are unless you want to share, and then I'm happy to read your name and let your fellow church members know who and why you're thankful and what you're thankful for. Or if email's your thing, create a new email address, thankfulforfhc at gmail.com. There you go. That'll work too. I'll have no idea who it is. Hopefully next week we'll get things back to normal and we'll catch up with Andy and Jeff. But until then, thanks for listening and have a great week.